0: Live from Armory Square, this is Orange
1: Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg.
0: Hour number two underway here on ESPN Radio. Phone lines open this entire hour at 315-437-7644. Spent uh, all of hour number one talking about the NFL draft, which is set to begin uh, exactly one week from tonight. NBA draft set for the end of June. Will Tyus battle be a part of the NBA draft. We are still waiting on that. We thought we might have some news at the beginning of the week. Here it is Thursday. As we know, the uh, the deadline to notify the NBA whether or not you're going to test the waters is set for Sunday. So he's got about 72 hours or so until, uh, until his time is up. The mock drafts that have come out within the last week, Seth, uh, i've yet to find one and again i mean i we were just kind of looking over the course of the last segment or two um he's not showing up in the first round virtually anywhere at this point basketball insiders has him at 33. si.com has him at 50. last week si.com had him at 47. There are a bunch of projections out there uh, that only do the first round, and and he is not listed. CBS Sports, Yahoo Sports, Bleacher Report, SB Nation, NBC Sports. Tyus Battle not included in the first round. Now, some of that might be that he's yet to declare. um, Possible. But some of that might be this draft is pretty deep, and we know he's borderline whether or not he's going to end up in the first round. It seems like that anyway. And a lot of the experts have him on the outside looking in right now. When I see, like, SI.com has him 47 last week, 50 this week. I mean, that's not even in the, you know, we we talked about this at the beginning of the week. You know, last five in the first round, first five of the second round. I mean, he's well outside of that. He's well outside of that. So, for the first time yesterday, someone asked me. It's not the first time somebody asked me. It's the first time I responded the way that I did. You've
1: been asked about this more than once?
0: As you know, I've been asked about a lot. I'm sure you have as well. It's a hot topic of discussion around town. For the first time yesterday, my answer was, I think he might be coming back. At the beginning of the season, I thought it was a no-brainer. Even after the Duke game, I felt like he's he's probably going. At the very least, he's going to test the waters. The longer this plays out, and again, the the more... You kind of read into the draft projections and whatnot, and I'm sure that's that's weighing heavily on his mind. It has to be, not that he's going by you know like what Sports Illustrated says he should do, but he's got to be taking it into account.
1: Yeah, I mean the I mean, fact look, that he's a, you know the fact that he's in the
0: back end of the second round, I you know again in some of these I think that, that that has to be a factor. I think there is a decent chance that he is coming back, and that's yesterday is the first time I said that.
1: Uh, I'll note this. Uh, one prominent mock draft still has him in the first round. What's, what's uh, that? One? ESPNs. Where, where's Jonathan he in ESPN. Gavone, He's got the 29th pick. Okay. So, uh, you know, think about it. And, what uh, you and want. I'm sure there are others out there. Yeah, we we yeah. just
0: kind of quickly looked at, at a few of these over the course of the last 15 minutes. Yeah. Um,
1: no, absolutely, but I I just had remembered that I, I thought that he that Jonathan Gavone had had him in that uh in that first round range and it looks like in his most me- recent mock draft that was uh last Friday, he's still in the first round. So, uh look, I'm I'm curious to see what he does to to your point, the longer this drags out, the more I feel like he might be coming back and the uh you know, the more likely I would feel he's going to come back, but I've said this before and I'll say it again. I'm operating under the assumption that he's leaving because that feels like the the safer assumption, right? That, that feels like the safer assumption. And then if you're a fan, if you're us in the media, you're pleasantly surprised when he shows up, you know, and, and says, hey, I'm going to come back. So I kind of have taken this tact of prepare for him leaving. Prepare for whoever this is leaving. And then if they want to come back, okay, I guess they're coming is, back. I
0: guess this is my point, is that, I have no dog in the fight. Like I hope he does what's best for him and, and his future and whatnot. I, I think that there is... A, I wouldn't be shocked, I guess, at this point if he came... like At the beginning of the season, if you told me Tyus was going to come back as a junior, I would have been shocked. Even after the Duke game, if you said Tyus Battle is coming back next year, that would have
1: surprised me. <laughs> How surprised would you have been in the locker room after the Duke game if you were told Darius Baisley wasn't showing up? Very surprised. I would have been shocked. <laughs> Uh, and I
0: was shocked. So listen, that that doesn't mean that this, you know, doesn't mean that that he's not going. I just I wouldn't be shocked anymore. Like if he came out tomorrow and said, after you know talking with my family and my coaches and thinking about this, I've decided I'm coming back. You know, for my junior season, I would not be shocked. I agree. And this is really you know within the last 24 hours, it's it's kind of the first time I felt like that.
1: Yeah. I, look, I I think the longer this is dragged out, the more likely it is he will come back and. And the less surprised I will be, you know, when when that announcement is made, uh, but I I still think that there's part of you that says he could go to the NBA of draft, of course, and, of course, and you know if if he goes, I'm not gonna blame him because you know what the uh you know the the 29th pick in the draft is gonna pull in next year 1.6 million dollars, and you know what that sounds pretty nice to a 20 year old kid. Uh, that sounds pretty nice to me. Uh, you know, I I would probably go do that. So. um I I won't be shocked either way at this point, but I think that there's a better chance now than there was a month ago when we were sitting after the Sweet 16 that he comes back.
0: No doubt. I mean, you know, I interviewed him after the game. Um, you know, I was in the locker room as you know in in Omaha and you know, he he gave the the standard answer. I'm not even thinking about that right now. Our season just ended. I got to talk with my family. There's no timeline. But again, just my gut said, you know, eh, this is probably the last time we're seeing him in an orange uniform. Whereas when we spoke with O'Shea Bursette, I got the feeling this kid's all in on coming back. Like, it was the way he answered it, I thought he was, you know, very honest and... Seemed almost surprised by the question. Said, "Yeah, I'm going to talk it over with my family, but I, I expect he, to be back." It's,
1: it's a good thing he reiterated it four times. Otherwise, I would it's I like, wouldn't have been I wouldn't have been sure if he was coming back if he didn't announce it four times. It's almost like
0: SU fans have been burned a time or two. Like they didn't believe, you know, the first time that he said <laughs> it, so he had to keep saying it. Um, and and that, I think I'm, just, I'm glad that happened. It's a byproduct <laughs> it's really of, of what's happened the, the last couple of years. But but yes, he is all in on coming back. <laughs> he's he's told us time and time again. But I got the feeling that night, O'Shea sets coming back. I, I told you this when Matthew Moyer transferred. I felt like in the locker room that night, Matthew Moyer's probably not coming back. Right. Um, and, and again, with Tyus, and, and I was right on those two. I, O'Shea definitely coming back. I felt like Moyer was gone. He ended up transferring. I felt like in the locker room that night, it's probably the last game we've seen You know, Tyus battle playing in an orange uniform. It may work out like that, But it, but as you said, the longer this goes, the less and less surprised I would be if he were to announce and say, I'm coming back for one more year.
1: Yeah, same
0: here 315 437
1: yes, Uh One piece of news to pass along Which is really cool, has nothing to do with Syracuse at all But I, I think this will be pretty cool Notre Dame and Alabama have scheduled A home-and-home home in football
0: When does it start? Like
1: 2024? Uh,
0: 2028.
1: 2028, yes so it's, okay. it's a decade from now, but that'll be really cool If Notre Dame's still good by then Or if, if they get good by then You know what I mean uh but I, I think that that'll be interesting and and it's home and home it seems. So it means that it'll actually be in South Bend and in Tuscaloosa.
0: I'm not on board. not at like
1: uh well granted granted this was supposed to be a home game so <laughs> maybe Notre Dame will pull some garbage be Yankee and, Stadium? Yeah, and
0: play somewhere else. I am looking forward to Notre Dame Syracuse yes. and Yankee Stadium. Yes. And uh, that's a busy week for SUF Very athletics. busy week. Some basketball uh, going on that that week yeah, as well. You just
1: going to post up in in Manhattan somewhere? We we
0: may have to. May, we may have to spend three, four days. So it's the week before you might have, Thanksgiving. I think, right? you,
1: I think you you might have to be there. You, you could just send it to Channel Nine and be like, "Hey, look, we gotta no sense I in coming to, back. I'll just look, stay out here for sense. a few we, days. We gotta shoot highlights anyway. That's like, right. Come on, just I'll, I'll just hang around. You would pack for enough days. I, I would because there'd be no chance that's coming <laughs> it's a back. Event.
0: They, yeah. So it, it, what? It's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So the the football team plays Saturday. The basketball team plays Thursday at the Garden. Friday at the Garden. Yeah. It sounds
1: like an easy sell for you for for the bosses. Be a whole
0: lot of fun. Hopefully we can make that happen. All right, full lines open the rest of the way. 315-437-7644. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. Our take on the day's top stories. It's today's business on Orange Nation. We bring in our producer Max Burgandy as we
2: do every day for today's business. What's up, Max? Going on, guys. We, uh, we're going to switch it up a little bit today and uh, amend today's business a little bit.
0: Well, you can make whatever you want today's business. So what's well, today's it is, business? It is my
1: segment, after all. It is. I don't want to go that far. Uh,
0: it is. It wasn't on Monday. You were sick. Polly was here. Yeah, Pauly's segment if you on Monday. Be,
1: yeah. If, if you can be replaced by Polly, I don't know if you can call it your segment.
0: You better keep it's doing insulting.
1: good work, man. <laughs> so you're going to be replaced.
2: All right. So we're going to go down a little list here. You're going to tell me if this is newsworthy or not. So let's start with the NBA. James Harden went 2 for 18 last night. Big deal?
1: No, because they won by 25. Uh, that was amazing to me. The fact that he, he could have that terrible a game and they could still win as big as they did. And I know that you came out after game one and you were like, man, he's unguardable because look at what he did in that game. Uh, but like, they only won by three when he did that and then they got... You know, good games out of everybody else, and he got nothing, and, and they win by twenty five. Like I, I think that's remarkable.
0: And just because he went two for eighteen doesn't mean that he is no, no, no. guardable I'm, All of no, no, a sudden, no, no, it means no, no, he missed no, no. some shots. No,
1: I wasn't saying that. No, I, I was no. saying more so that like in the game it's that like amazing, he went right. off, they only won by three, and the game that he so, didn't, they won by how many? Could you say then? Because my knee jerk to that question
0: was, it, it's not newsworthy, but the the way you just phrased it, could you say that it is newsworthy? The fact that they can win by that much, they can look that good with their best player going 2-for-18 from the field, in a way, because I agree with Seth, it's not newsworthy, it's no big deal, he's going to bounce back, but bigger picture isn't it newsworthy, it is it newsworthy its in that the Rockets are that good, and we keep talking about who's the favorite in the West, and, and I was hesitant all year long, to say that the Rockets were the favorites.
2: You really? Think the were. Rockets might be think, the favorites.
1: I think it says more about Minnesota. Uh, and I, I think the more interesting thing to come out of last night's game is, again, Carl Anthony Towns can't find his shots. Again, for the second night in a row. Let's put it this way
0: If the Rockets are, are healthy and remain healthy, yes. and the Warriors we know are not, and there's some conflicting reports about how long Steph is out for. If the Rockets are healthy and the Warriors are not, and the Rockets remain healthy and the Warriors remain not healthy, the Rockets are, like, as of right this second, the Rockets are the the favorites.
1: Yes. Uh, If Steph comes back healthy, if Steph comes back, I think they are the better team, and they still get the benefit of the doubt, much like I, I will give LeBron the benefit of the doubt, because he's LeBron and he's done it seven years in a row. I'll give the Warriors the benefit of the doubt if Steph's healthy.
0: How surprised were you that LeBron went for 40-plus last night? Not (laughs) Not at all. all. Negative (laughs)
1: 5? Not at all. 5%. And and that's another one, though, right? Like, he scores 20 points out of the gate, and they're up like 10 points. He he scores 46. They went by 4, and they had to hold on at the end. And Victor Oladipo had a wide-open 3-point look. Like, you're good, Cleveland. As long as he scores 50 points a game, you're good.
0: That's why I can't bet against him. Like, we all knew that he was going to do that last night, and they were going to win. I didn't think it would be as close as it away. was. But yeah. doesn't
1: it tell you about where that team is? Like, hey, all you needed was to squeak by Indiana was 50 out of LeBron. That's it. No biggie. I mean, the Pacers playing
2: tough. I don't know They what... are. Victor Oladipo is
0: low-key good. It's not low-key. Very key. good. It's, he's going to be an NBA high key player now. this year. Low-key, like, he's, you know... Emerging as yes. one of the better players. Yes. I'm not gonna, you know, say top ten or whatever, but he's no. gonna be he's an all pro. He's emerging as one of the better young
2: players in the league. He's so that's be, why I
1: say low key good. He's gonna be all NBA this year. I
0: yeah. don't
1: think there's any question.
2: Uh, let's move on. Greg Popovich had some unfortunate news uh, come his way. His wife passed away. He will miss game three. Big deal for the Spurs.
1: He yeah, I think this is newsworthy. Uh aside from the fact that he's missing a game, aside from the fact that he's missing time. Uh, they were married for 40 years, uh, and I, I would imagine that, uh, you know, after seeing the reaction of Kevin Durant and uh, LeBron James and, and other players around the league last night, I would imagine that the Spurs were fairly close with with uh, Pop and and his wife, and I would think this has an impact of some kind. I mean, on the court, like they're down 0-2, whatever. But this is like real life stuff that matters. Yeah,
0: it's absolutely newsworthy, and you, you you hate to see that. Obviously, in any circle of life, um, he's well liked around. And it's not just the Spurs and you know the the players that that he coaches that are affected by this, or that organization, as you said. I mean, Kevin Durant's reaction. LeBron uh, asked about it last night. Oh, by the way, I know that Ally LaForce was was crushed on social media for asking him that question afterwards. She asked him before they went out of the air if it was okay. And LeBron is close to Pop. And, you know, Pop's in charge of USA basketball now. Uh, and he's going to be the head of the Olympic team. Like he, he, she said, do you want to comment on this? He said yes. And then he gave an, an emotional response. So I don't have any problem with Ellie LA LaForce asking the question nope. as long as she gave him the heads up. Is this something you want to talk about? LeBron said yes. She asked the question. She yeah. gave him a chance to respond. So um, I am completely fine with on, that.
1: On that note, I, I totally agree with you. And, and, watching the social media firestorm come after Ali Lafour's last night, I, I was like amazed because you watch her on the SEC on CBS, you watch her on the NCAA tournament, you watch her when she does NBA stuff, uh, always professional, always really good. And and I worked for CBS when they came up for the tournament and she was the sideline reporter for that crew and just like spend, you know, you spend like the day or, or day and a half with, with the people. Um, Like I, I kind of assumed that she handled it the right way. And uh you know, it, that doesn't strike me as somebody, and, and I don't think anybody who TNT or ESPN is employing at that level strikes me as somebody that like would just spring that on you spur of the moment. So I thought that was a bit much.
2: How about the Knicks interviewing Kenny Smith? Newsworthy or no?
1: Of course it is. Uh, of course this is newsworthy. Zero
2: coaching experience. Yeah,
1: I, look, uh, I'm surprised that the Knicks are going that way, given that they had Derek Fisher, and that was just a failure, uh, and he had no coaching experience. I do think there's a little bit of a difference, given that... Uh, he spent what 20 years uh, as an analyst and breaking down the game and and you could see kind of his mind for basketball outside of just like being a player um, so I think there's a bit of a difference but I, I think this is newsworthy I think it's interesting I don't think he'll get the job I don't
0: think he's gonna get the job either so it, de- it de- depends on how you define newsworthy um, it's interesting is that- it
1: newsworthy that he wants to coach like it's it's the first time you're hearing him attached to a yeah, job
0: I, I guess so um, is it newsworthy for Nick fans? Not so much. I don't think he's going to get the job. But yes, I mean it's it's interesting that he's throwing his name out there. And so much of, of being a coach these days is about being relatable to the players. And I think he will absolutely be relatable to the players. He'll have their respect immediately. Um, I think he would make a, a very good NBA coach. Not sure about the college level, but I think I think NBA is where it's at for him.
1: Yeah, and, and how much of coaching is is communication and uh, communication and messaging, right? Uh, you know, it, it's a different sport, but. Uh, how do and relating to professional well, athletes? Well, no, no, no. I was going to say publicly, publicly. I mean, uh, it, again, it's a different sport. But how doomed was Ben McAdoo from the jump when he showed up in an oversized suit and said yeah. things and said things that were just unfavorable at his opening press conference? Fair. Like he had a, he had a he had an expiration date on him from day one. Uh, you know, so I I think that that's something that Kenny Smith would excel at. I mean, you watch him and you know say what you want about what he's saying, but he's got a personality. He's you know a, he, he's an upbeat kind of a guy, and and I think that. Uh, at the very least, he would win that.
2: Donovan Mitchell made history last night, passing Michael Jordan for most points in first in his first two career playoff games. Newsworthy or no, he's sure. had 55 points through two games in the playoffs. Past MJ,
1: sure, he's great. Uh, Is he better than MJ? No. No. (laughs) Uh, Is he going to be better than MJ? No. Uh, Is he going to win Rookie of the Year? I would have voted for Ben Simmons. But, uh, you know, I I think that Donovan Mitchell's really good. I think that he found himself in a really good situation because Utah lost Gordon Hayward and lost a bunch of pieces, and they were like, hey, go do stuff. And he took advantage.
0: I know I was kind of in the minority last year. I thought he was the best player in the ACC. Um, I think he's going to be... He destroyed I think he's going to be very good uh, in the NBA.
1: You so, thought he was better than Jason Tatum?
0: I thought he was the best player in the ACC. I did. Um, and again, time will tell. It, we're splitting hairs. I mean, Tatum's very Tatum's good. Tatum's incredible. He, he's yeah. you know he, he's a beast as well. Um, I love Donovan Mitchell's game and his athleticism, and I'm not surprised at all that that his game has translated so well to the NBA. So yes, it's significant in that. You know, look at. Look at what he's done in his yeah. first two games. Look at what he's done this season. To Seth's point, it doesn't mean anything as it relates to Michael Jordan. It just it, it means something as it relates to the other rookies and you know, the other young players in the league. I mean, we're seeing some of these young players emerge. Victor Oladipo, Donovan Mitchell, you know, they they're fun to watch. Donovan Mitchell's really fun to watch.
2: Yeah. He's no doubt. I think I would have to give him the nod for rookie of the year. Bouncy.
1: I he remember bouncy. a couple a couple of plays he made in the dome last year were incredible. Yeah.
2: He absolutely destroyed Syracuse. Yeah. Um switch it up and go with some baseball. Red Sox are the seventh team in the live ball era to start 15 and 2. Newsworthy or no?
1: Uh sure. I uh, I think that there's something to getting off the hot starts. I said this uh with the Mets and and it's the same with the Red Sox. They're now 13 games over 500, right? 15 and 2. 15 uh, and 2. At some point you just have to play 500 the rest of the year and you're a 100-win team and and that's enough to win the division. So, uh the Red Sox are quickly approaching that mark. Um, my thoughts also are at some point really good teams are going to go on winning streaks at some time at some point over the, the course of 162 games. Really good teams are also going to go through really bad stretches. Really bad teams are going to go through really good stretches. So just because it happens in the first month of the season doesn't mean that we should like make all our rash judgments on it. But I do think the Red Sox are a good team. I think they're better than I thought they were coming into the year.
2: Is it a bigger deal that the Yankees are 500 and the Red Sox are doing this? Like
1: again. It, you're going to go 500 over 16 games at some point in your season. Okay. I, I do think it's
0: more important to the Red Sox that the Yankees are, you know, few games back. Because while Seth is right that you'll go over winning streaks and losing streaks over the course of 162 games, to do it immediately right out of the gates and to build that cushion, that means you can withstand right. those slumps. When you lose, you know, five of seven, you, you know, you'll still have a three game lead in the division, and you want to win the division, and especially the way these Major League Baseball playoffs. Are constructed. You you don't want any part of that wild card game that one nope. and done. Anything can happen. So you want to win the division and uh, the Red Sox. That's why it's so significant to them. Yeah, it's great that they got off to a fast start, but the fact that they've built up this cushion so quickly um, that's why it's significant because now you you know you allow yourself some leeway that oh if you have a bad three weeks or month, whatever the case may be. You may still be in first place when all of a sudden...
1: Right. You know, it's it's never a guarantee if you build up enough games. I mean, and this is going back in history, but in, in 1978, the Yankees made up a 15-game deficit on the Red Sox. Uh, but if you build up a 10-12 game lead, uh, you know, and, and your competition is just going 500, It's hard to come back it's from. It's hard to come back from.
2: Uh, so some news coming out of Tuscaloosa today that Jalen Hurts' father went public saying if he loses... The starting position to Tua Tagovailoa, his son's going to transfer. Newsworthy or no?
1: Uh, no, because I think this is unsurprising. I did see, and I love this quote. I saw the quote that was, uh, "He'll be the biggest, the biggest free agent, agent in college football." uh i mean let's look let's pump the brakes he's got the weirdest win loss stat line record ever he's got what two career losses uh and one of them was in the national championship game against clemson so let's and the other one was in the sec championship game this year so like let's pump the brakes on him being the biggest college free agent because how much of that was him how much of that was bama right how much of that was uh you had awesome players around you you had Bo scarborough last year like i I don't know. I'm not a huge Jalen Hurts fan. I don't think he should be their starter. I think he should lose the job to Tua. I think he gives them more. Yeah, I would expect him to transfer.
0: Do you remember at the beginning of the week when I said that my sources tell me Tyus Battle will make an announcement sometime this week? He will either go to the draft or he will return to school. Right, and this we'll know al- by Monday. And this is along those same lines. Like, of course he's going to transfer if he is not the starting quarterback. So it's. It's not significant because that is common sense. If you are the starting quarterback at Alabama and then all of a sudden you're not and you, <laughs> you lose leave. your job to a guy who has you know the same amount of eligibility or more eligibility than you, that means you are not getting your job back. so therefore you will transfer somewhere else. So th- it, it is
2: so not it's surprising not, not no, significant it's not. All right, let's get one more in here. Christoph Porzingis could potentially miss all of next season owner James Dolan says after having ACL. Uh, surgery. This. Not
1: newsworthy. Uh, not newsworthy because I think we knew this when the injury happened, right? It happened in late January, early February, right? So, uh, the timeline on these unless you're Adrian Peterson is, is a year and he, okay, so you bring him back in, in mid-February of next year, what's the point? So, I, I don't think this is newsworthy. I think that was kind of expected. Uh, you know, any setback at all over the next 10 months and he was going to miss the rest, of the, the rest of next season anyway, I'm not surprised full tank mode? For yeah.
0: next, absolutely. For the next absolutely. 2 years maybe. Definitely next year, yeah. right? If there's no yeah. Porzingis, you wouldn't Go even full have to on tank. Do you they have even to have to hide well, it? On, you on. can just lose games. Do they, you don't even have to do, try. Do
1: they have their own pick next year? That's important. It's a good point. Well, they had their own pick last year, so they have to have their own pick next year, I think. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> so, so convinced I I don't know we I I don't know
0: what the situation is
2: with their picks. I, I don't know the pick I have no situation idea. either. But it's the Knicks. The NBA, so. I
1: hate the NBA's rule that you can't trade back-to-back first-round picks. I hate that rule so much; it bothers me, and not just because I'm a net fan who still is paying off first-round draft picks.
2: Does it bother you? Does that bother you more than uh, one-day contracts for yes. retirement?
1: Yes, a lot more. A lot more. One-day contracts are dumb, but they're inconsequential. Having having to trade if you want to trade three first-round picks like the Nets stupidly did, you've got to do it over seven years. How dumb is that? I mean, If an owner is stupid enough to want to do that, let him do it.
2: Fair. Fair point. That's all I got for you guys today. Good segment today. Knicks do have a first-round pick, <laughs> by the way.
1: I was just double-checking. I thought, I thought that was it. I was ready to hit the commercial. No.
2: I was going to say, that was today's business brought to you by nobody's. Um Yeah.
0: Knicks have a first-round pick next year. Okay. All right. We'll wrap up the show right after this. Live from Armory Square, this is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Steven Seth back with you on a Thursday
1: edition of Orange Day. I almost said Friday, but no, it feels like Friday, that's Friday, wishful thinking.
0: It? wishful thinking.
1: Is it just me or has this week just felt very long? It just, it feels like forever since like the spring game and that was six days ago.
0: Yeah. No, it's not just you. It's felt very long. Okay. We continue to wait on Tyus Battle. I think at the beginning of the week, we thought we might have news on Monday. Yeah. Um, We'll we'll get into Tyus in in hour number two. You know, we've only,
1: next week's going to feel super short. We only have three shows next week.
0: That's right. We're uh, no show Monday, no show Thursdays. Mets baseball. So we'll be on Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, and of course, the uh, the NFL draft. We'll be talking a lot of NFL draft next Friday. the The first round will be in the books. With that being said, you being a Giants fan, yeah, at number two,
1: if you're, you're the GM. You're taking you're taking Darnold if he's there. I'm taking, and if, no. I'm, I mean, I'm taking Baker Mayfield. But oh yes.
0: goodness gracious!
1: Okay, I'm taking Baker. Right, Mayfield. Did you just say that because you know I don't love? No, him. I love Baker Mayfield. You do. I love Baker Mayfield.
0: Did you see this story that came out in the last day or so? I did. I about did. Baker Mayfield. He didn't
1: read the Chargers playbook?
0: Correct. So for our listeners that that are unaware of this, he had his pro day at Oklahoma about a month ago. The Chargers sent him some plays that they wanted him to take a look at. It wasn't their whole playbook, but he sent they sent them some sent him some plays and they wanted to go out to lunch with him. So they take him out to lunch. He's with the, you know, a few Chargers officials at lunch. And he admitted oh. afterwards that it did not go well because he did not read the plays. Can I can I defend him? Can you defend him? You could try. They're picking seventeenth. He's not gonna be there. The Bills are picking twelfth. They might trade up to get him. The Chargers could trade. If they love him, why not trade? Mm-hmm. It? Like you right, due diligence. Isn't that what we hear all the time? You gotta do your due, due diligence. diligence. So what if the Chargers trade up to five and he's there? Like, I I know he has said, I'm not going lower than five. Like, Baker Mayfield has said that on the record. He's not going lower
1: probably not. He's
0: probably not, but he said, I'm not going lower than five. So his direct quote was, I have a lot on my plate. They have to understand. I have a lot on my plate. I didn't read the playbook. So I guess my, my, my question to you, Seth. Yes. Why waste everybody's time? Why waste why agree to go to lunch? Why not just say well, you're the Chargers, you're picking seventeenth.
1: I have no interest in playing for your organization. <laughs> I'm not going to lunch. Eli Manning did that and they took him anyway. Um so it doesn't always work. Uh I think look, I, I don't know I, I don't know the inner workings of this. How common is it to give a guy a playbook and say, Come to you know like Apparently I,
0: it's it's common.
1: Is a, it? I, apparently, like I have no idea. And again, i just going based on what I've heard over the
0: course of the last 24 hours from the so-called experts apparently it's common that they, you know they'll send you some plays and they want you to study them and then you know you'll talk about them or you know various options you know this would be my first read second read so like they, they want to know that you're a football guy. That you can break down. The, I mean, you're the quarterback, right? So they want right. they want you to be able to obviously study study this, you know, pared down playbook. Ask you questions about it, and they want you to have the right answers. Well, Baker Mayfield didn't have any answers He's like, because he, he didn't read it. Right now, he admitted that he didn't read it, which is different than Bo Callahan in draft day. Never seen it. I know you haven't, but I mean, the the analogy is perfect. I mean, he is he is Bo Callahan, and the fact that he would say on the record, "They got to understand, I've got a lot on my plate."
1: <laughs> He was busy. He had to memorize his pro day script. You're okay with this. No, I'm not okay with it, but I I am a big fan of Baker Mayfield on the field. Uh I like his kind of edge attitude, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I don't think that's a, a real cockiness I don't think that's a, a real issue. I, I don't personally. I want Baker Mayfield quarterbacking my team. And when he's running around the field in a Jets jersey on my team's home field, I'm gonna be disappointed. As a Giants fan, if I have to sit there and watch him playing in my city in my stadium, I'm going to be annoyed. I think he, I, I think he's a going to be a very good quarterback. I think he's going to be a very good quarterback. I that's, think he's got a little Johnny who, Manziel. In him. That's who I would take. I think I he's don't got think some Johnny so. Manziel. In him. I don't think so. I think he's a better Johnny player. Had, Johnny had legitimate issues. He he grabbed his crotch because a guy was yelling at him. Who cares? So th- so again, this doesn't bother you. The
0: playbook thing, yeah, a little bit, a little bit, right? Not and, enough to and not take him. Yeah. Well, no, no, I'm not saying that. But how many times have we said that about Baker Mayfield? The planning of the flag, the that
1: didn't bother me. The inappropriate
0: gestures to the me. other sideline. Some of his, you know, and then the the way that he's, you know, he gets suspended for what was it? The first half, and he's like, you know, choked up. You know, it's his senior day, and oh, I just wanted to be out there with my guys. And like, I I think he's fake. Like, I think. I think he's fake. I don't buy the whole act. And so that's why I say he's got a little Johnny Manziel. And you said, "Well, this thing bothers me a little bit." Yeah, the getting suspended for a senior day. Okay, it bothers me a little bit. Okay, and I'm not saying you're saying this, right. but how I I feel like that. There are so many instances with him that yeah, it bothers me a little bit. It, and it and it adds up to the point where as a Bills fan, I don't want him. And and, that's and fine. I'll and maybe, take him. And maybe he'll turn into a great quarterback. I have my questions though. That's right. I'll gladly take him on my team. Let's go to the phone lines. Chuck in Syracuse kicking us off today on the show. Hey, Chuck.
2: Hey, uh, I've been a Giants fan uh, since I was 12 years old. I'm 66 now. So I think anytime time the Giants get a number one or two pick, you really need to jump on it. And we need to get another great Sam in the organization, like the great number 70 Sam Huff. So if Sam Darrell can do that, like we need a guy named Sam for the Giants.
0: I tell you what, if if the Browns pass on him, it'll be awfully be hard yeah. for the Giants to pass on him as well. I agree. I, I think he's the best quarterback in the draft.
1: I think he's the guy that the Giants are after. I really do. And and I'm not saying that the Barkley stuff is is a smoke screen because uh, I think Saquon Barkley is going to be really good. Uh but I think you have to do the value proposition game here and say a quarterback is so much more valuable than a running back and we, we heard John Schmelk, right? He said Hey, if they don't take the running back at 2, if they don't take Barkley at 2, well, maybe they can get Nick Chubb or Sonny Michelle at the same— Like, you can get another quarterback at 34. Uh, you can't get another quarterback there, right? Like, you can't get Sam Darnold at 34, but you can get a running back who was pretty darn good in college at 34. You know, and and uh, you might be able to get Darius That's Geis. That's right why everybody's trading up so, because they
0: want to get one of these
1: four guys. I'm, I'm taking my quarterback because—and I've said this—I I think I said it this week. If you take Saquon Barkley, there's a better chance of you picking top five sooner than if you take a quarterback. I think. Here's the big difference. I
0: think with the Giants and
1: everybody it else, unless you take Josh Allen, the Giants have Eli Manning.
0: Say say about what you know about him, what you will. And I realize what is he? Thirty seven, and yeah. he's on the downside of his career. And but the Browns, the Jets,
1: they don't have anybody. The Bills, even the Broncos, they sent Case. The Keenum.
0: Dolphins. They don't have Eli Manning. Like, Eli Manning, he could be your quarterback for another couple of years. Like, you could survive, and you've got weapons, obviously. You add another piece to that puzzle, again, whether it's Chubb or Barkley or whoever the case may be, I don't think you absolutely need a quarterback like the Jets do, like the Browns do, like the Bills do, so on and so forth. And so that's
1: why I think you can entertain some of these other ideas. But you can get your Aaron Rodgers. Right, you can get the guy that you can sit on the bench. You better be you can, right. You can get the guy that you sit on the bench for a year. You better be you know, right. And you can afford to put him on the bench for a year. Uh, you know, I, I think the Giants, and and maybe I'm crazy here, maybe I'm delusional. I think the Giants got really derailed by injuries last year, and are not quite as bad as that record. Right, I don't think they're that bad. And so, if you look at the talent on the team, maybe if they're all healthy, different scheme, different defensive scheme. They're a better team, right, already. Maybe they are. And maybe they're good enough right now to win eight games rather than three. So then isn't it okay to to add in that quarterback? You know, if you want to add Saquon Barkley, maybe that pushes them further. Maybe that makes them a playoff team right now. But then when Eli retires and you're going with Davis Webb as your quarterback, fair. all of a sudden you're right back to and second And That's a fair pick. point.
0: I, my, my point is they they better be right because, you know, we had Daryl Slater out at the beginning of the show, and he said, well, when you draft Christian Hackenberg and Geno Smith, like, this is what happens. Right. Like, look at the, you know, the Bills. E.J. Manuel, he had big hands. He's a hard-count specialist. Like, you pick him in the first <laughs> round, look at what happens. How he many quarterbacks pan out. have the Browns taken? Understood. So if you're wrong, it can set you back. Whereas, I, you know... I think the belief is with the Giants that you you're not wrong with Saquon Barkley. Like he's going to be a right. guy that could be the face of your franchise. You know he he could be there for a long time. They, they're projecting him as potentially a Hall of Famer. I don't know if I buy that, but they feel like he's can't miss. If they don't think any of the quarterbacks are can't miss then you don't go with a quarterback there. The the Giants are in a different situation, in my opinion, because their their backup plan was a pretty good backup plan in Eli Manning. we got to take a timeout. Hour number one in the books. We'll kick off hour number two right after this on ESPN Radio.